Gotti. <coughs> um, hi, everyone. It's good to see you. I uh, I got permission to be here today from my son Micah. I'm not gonna. It's his birthday. So he, he gave us permission a while back ago. He'll be properly celebrated, but if you want to celebrate him when you see him. He's 12 years old today. It's pretty big. Uh, I, I, was, I was just thinking again, like my association with, with you guys over the years. And I, um, I think the first person that I met was Mason. <laughs> Mason has been here for a long time. Um, Mason is the one constant, um, but uh, but I've seen, like, I've seen this thing change over the years. I I, I uh, back when Brooke was still around, he invited me to speak where you were meeting. I don't remember. It was some cafe, um, and then years later, when I think Scotty was running Zeal, it was at the Zeal building, and and I remember speaking a couple times there, and then at Anvil House with Blueprint, and then connecting with the Lyle Bay crew and the Free Store crew who has come to our discipleship school in Newtown. This is his first time connecting with Brooklyn, which is awesome. But, but the one thing that's been constant over the years is that things have changed, right? And, and Renew Communities has had a huge impact on the Wellington Diocese, uh, Anglican Diocese, and uh, a huge Im- impact in the city. And it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool what's happened, what is happening. But, but I know some stuff about you, probably because I, I sit on the board. Um, <laughs> <coughs> but, uh, but I know, you know, and Scotty will probably talk about it in his, in his um, workshop, where, where there's, you have this, this charism, and in the center of this is Jesus. And if you, sorry. Am I all right? Pay no attention to the man behind the screen. When you have at the center Jesus, and if you lose Jesus, you lose everything. If you lose Jesus, you will lose everything. It doesn't matter if you have Pentecostal spirituality. It doesn't matter if you have costly community. It doesn't matter if you have Anglican tradition. It doesn't matter if you have missionary zeal. If you lose Jesus... You've lost everything because those things don't matter without Jesus. So I just want us to hear today from Jesus and maybe look at some of the words that he spoke and words about him uh, and just kind of see where we're at. And uh, hopefully this will be uh, this will be helpful about what it means to have Jesus at the center uh, there's a verse in the Bible that's really famous, and uh, I, I want to give my a paraphrase of it, and it's that, that God loves the world so much that, that he gave Jesus, that he sent Jesus, and that everyone who puts their confidence in him, everyone who trusts in him, everyone who pledges their allegiance to him will not live a dysfunctional, destructive, doomed life, but will have a life that's worth living forever. That's pretty good, isn't it? 
Now, the traditional, you know, reading of that is, is that, that they won't perish but have eternal life. Those two words are about direction more than location. And they're about now more than then. And when we learn how to, how to put our confidence in Jesus, in who he is, and in what he taught, we won't live dysfunctional, destructive lives, but we will have a life that's worth living forever. Have you ever stepped into that place where, where you're living your life and you're going, I could do this forever? Have you ever had moments like that? Now, mostly they're there because we're in good circumstances, isn't it? Because like, oh, these circumstances are so good, I want to live it forever. Jesus actually enables us to live it even when the circumstances aren't great. But in those moments where we think, wow, I could live this forever, I've had a few of those moments in my life. I, I actually have had a lot of them. Uh, not every day, though, and not every week. Probably not every month, either. But I have some. I, I remember years ago, <coughs> we were uh, in, uh, Kirsty and I had, uh, you know, life is crazy at some time, sometimes, and we had, we had um, some people staying with us who had addictions, and so we had uh, a, a, a young woman and her, her five-year-old were staying in one of our bedrooms, and then we had pulled our boys out of their bedroom. They were in our bedroom, so uh, Micah was sleeping on the floor, and little Lukey was in our bed, as, he, as you do, and, uh, and, and then we had somebody else in, the, in their bedroom uh, who we were, we were trying to help them get out of a, uh, an abusive relationship. So we had this house full, and there was just like chaos, like swirling around us, right? And, and we have moments where we feel like we're in the center of the storm, and, and it is just, it is so great to be in that space, and we, we can pull people into the center. When we get pulled out, it's no fun, but when we pull people into the center, it's awesome. And we had, that was one of those moments, and then there was uh, the partner of this person that was staying in, uh, in the room was, was on the footpath one, one night, uh, and our footpath is about two meters from our bedroom, you know, and, and so I'm standing at the door, and this person is screaming at me, just, just vulgar, vile things, and then and when I knew it turned demonic, they said, Anglican! I'm just like, <laughs> and Kirstie and I looked at each other, and we go, we are living the dream. <laughs> this is so awesome to be in this space where our hearts were so alive to what God was doing. And now, we're not super saints, and all of that went to custard, but it was a moment <laughs> <laughs> where we felt like, man, we could do this forever. Maybe not this, we could do this forever, though. Another time, uh, a couple years ago, we were down in, in, in Takaka with our wheels crew, and we were freedom camping uh, in this, <coughs> this place that it had, must have been close to 200 people freedom camping, so it was just chaos. And there was a bit of uh, f feral activity going on with some people that had decided that was gonna be home, and so they, they had camped out there permanently. Uh, and so we, we were there, and we were meeting people, and we were having big meals, and then we decided to do river church, because it was by the river on Sunday morning. And, and so we, we went and invited a, everybody who was freedom camping to come to river church. 
And you know what? They came. Like, we're, we're there. We, we have our, our, you know, our little circle, and, and all these people are, are kind of on the, on the outskirts and sitting with us, and, and we had time of worship, and I, I told a Jesus story, and then we did communion. You know, we did, we, I wouldn't call it Eucharist. We did communion, you know? <laughs> it wasn't the full Monty, but it was, and, and, and then Kirstie and I went around to people and offered them communion, and like people just were weeping. And when we were in that space, I'm like, I could, I could live this life forever. This is so awesome. It's so awesome to step into this space. Now, you probably can tell that I'm kind of, uh, my heart is alive when I'm doing mission, and that's when I feel like I could do this life forever. I know for, for many people, though, the life you have is not the kind of life you want to have forever. And I totally get that. I stand up in front of a group of people every every week and and i and i know the trauma that many of them have gone through and i know that the the physical and mental health challenges that many of our people go through i totally get that but even in the midst of the challenges we have we can begin and we can learn how to live a life that is worth living forever and, and it's when the presence of God becomes real in our lives. And we begin to step into the things that Jesus said, and we go, wow, this is, this is true. This actually, this is how to live life. And, and uh, we're, gonna go th- we're going through the Gospel of Matthew at uh, St. Tom's for the next probably couple of years, but we're... we're uh, we're just jumping into it, and, and we'll probably get Sermon on the Mount during ordinary time. For those of you who don't know what ordinary times, ask Scotty. But we're, we're going to go through that. And, but if you jump to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, that's Matthew 5 through 7, this block of teaching that Jesus gives that you read it and you go, can life really be like that? You get to the end of it, and here's what he says. He tells a story, but the, the gist of the story is, you are foolish if you don't listen and do what I just said. <laughs> Jesus says that. You are a fool if you don't live the way I'm inviting you to live. That's pretty harsh. But that's what he says. In John chapter 8, here's some things that Jesus said. After some people, he, Jesus is at in Jerusalem at a festival. It's the fe- festival of booths where they, they, they all go camping for a week, right? They li- build little huts and they, they have a, you know, and, and so Jesus is at this festival and, and he's, he's teaching and healing people and people are, are beginning to want to follow him, to believe in him, John says. And then he, and then he looks at them, he says, if you remain in my word... If you remain in my, if you stay faithful to what I'm teaching right, you right now, then you will be my disciples. Then you will be my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Wow. And then people go, what do you mean set us free? <laughs> We've never been slaves. We're children of Abraham, which wasn't true. They didn't know their own story. They had been slaves many times, actually. 
Okay, there's some words there I want us to think about for a few minutes this morning. Uh, freedom, truth, both of which have been co-opted and no longer mean what we want them to mean and what Jesus meant, right? They become words that are actually kind of icky, you know? Freedom, truth, and then disciple and remaining in my words. I, I, I just want us to think about those for, a few, for just a few minutes as we talk about what does it mean to live a life that's worth, have a life with, that's worth living forever, that it's least pointed in that direction rather than the direction of a dysfunctional, destructive, doomed life. So I want, I want to be turned in the right direction. And really, this morning, that's actually all that matters is that we're just turned in the right direction. If you're turned in the right direction, there is hope no matter what you go through, no matter what the circumstances of your life, if you just turned in the right direction, there is there's hope. <coughs> um, so what kind of freedom is Jesus talking about? Maybe we'll just do that real quick. What kind of freedom? Now, I, uh, I helped the cathedral out during the protest, so I heard a lot about freedom down at the protest. Right? But I've heard a lot about freedom uh, because of the kind of scenes I've been in my whole adult life about freedom. And normally when people talk about freedom, they mean freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want. That is what freedom is. It is my right to do whatever I want, whenever I want. In the name of Jesus. That is not what Jesus is talking about. That is never what Jesus is talking about. Let, in, 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 in the next verse, Jesus says, anyone who is a slave, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. And then he says, when the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. He's talking about setting us free from having to get our way all the time. He's talking about setting us free from that very thing that we call freedom. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? The very thing that we call freedom today is what Jesus came to set us free from. The desire, the right to get my way all the time. It's the idolatry of self. I have to get my way all the time Otherwise, I cannot live that life that is worth li living forever. But if I live that way, I will not have that life. <laughs> if I get my way all the time, I will not have a life worth living forever. I know I might think that's true. <laughs> it's not true. Jesus wants to set us free from having to get our way all the time so that we can love so that we can become people who can love under any circumstance. Now, if the circumstances are right, I actually am awesome. <laughs> if the circumstances, are, if I get my way all the time, if people treat me the way I want them to treat me, I am incredibly loving. I love so freely in those conditions. <laughs> but Jesus 
wants us to learn how to love even when we don't get our way. And even when I'm not being treated the way I want to be treated. Now, there's a lot of stuff around there, but I'm just going to put that out there. Jesus has come so that we can be set free from our idolatry of self so that I can move towards other people in love. And when somebody came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, what's the most important thing? What is the most important thing? Here's what he said. He, he, quoted, he quoted what he quoted every single day of his life. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the Lord our God is one. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you must love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other greater, no, other, no commandment greater than, than these. The main thing, like the main thing that we're put on this planet to do is to learn how to love and love well is what Jesus came to free us up to do by removing our addiction to ourselves in whatever form that takes. It's pretty cool. Like if he can, if he can make it happen, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but that is the way he wants to form us so that we can move in that direction. So we can be Free. Now, in order to have that kind of freedom, we need to what? We need to have the truth. 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 How can we even talk about truth today? How can we trust anything we hear? Do you know that, and I just read this in an article in The Atlantic. I sound like an old man when I say that. The article in The Atlantic, which I don't even know what The Atlantic is. Somebody sent it to me, uh, this article. But it was, it, it was, AI, artificial intelligence, is now producing fake news. They're going to be really good at it <laughs> with photos and quotes that are just a little bit off. Wow. What is truth? Truth is the way things really are. Truth is the way things really are. I was given, uh, sorry, Micah, I was giving Micah a hard time last night um, uh, about going to bed or something. I said, if this doesn't happen, I'm canceling your birthday. I said, not your party, your birthday. You will stay 11 for another year. <laughs> Which is really good parenting. <laughs> now, I could, I could say that. I'm sorry, you're still 11. But it's not true, is it? Because the reality is he's that old. That's the way things actually are. Uh, Dallas Willard, a, a hero of mine, says, truth is what you bump into when you're wrong. <laughs> That's what truth is. And Jesus is saying, if you listen to me, you will know the true nature of reality. So I've, I've always encouraged people, my, you know, all, all these years of, of kind of doing crazy festivals and things like that, I, I'll go to them and so, if someone is really seeking the truth, I'll say, oh man, that's great. Even if it's like bizarre the way they're seeking the truth, I, th I say, yeah, go for it because I think if you, if you genuinely seek the truth, you'll end up with Jesus because he is 
the true nature of reality. He's truth. And what he says actually is true. The other thing is it actually works, which is, which is a benefit if it's true and it works. But in order to get to the truth so that we can have be free, what does Jesus say? You have to, you have to remain in my words. You have, to, you have to sit in it, you have to know it, and you have to begin to step into it. That's what a disciple of Jesus is. That's actually what he's calling us to be. He's not calling us to just believe some facts about him. He's calling us to come and follow him. Be his disciple. Isn't that amazing? I w- uh, I, I've, had this, I've had this like speaking uh, engagement the last four years on the first week of January in Mount Manganui. And I get to, like, we, we drive our bus up, up to this church, this little Baptist church, and we park and we walk on the beach. And then I speak a little bit and then we walk on the beach. Mount Manganui is a pretty impressive beach. Beautiful. So beautiful. And I, and I, every time I, I mean, there's, there's beauty in, I, there's so much beauty in this country. You know, but when I'm on the beach, I look at this and I go, the creator God who made this, who made this beauty says, come follow me. Like the one who created that says, come and follow me. And if you follow me, I will show you how to live a life that's worth living forever. I'm like, I just get blown away. When I, when I see that kind of beauty and, and remember that the God who created that created us to be with him and to do this, this whole thing together. It's just incredible to me. And so we need to learn how to sit with his teachings and we need to actually, like for some of us, we need to, we need to re- reimagine the words of Jesus uh, in, in a way that's going to be helpful for us rather than harmful. And so some of us probably, if you've grown up, I don't know, how, have you grown Have you? who's grown up in church here, going to church as a, uh, yeah, yeah, some. I think some of us grow up with, with the words of Jesus instead of being this wise way to live, is this law that's going to crush us if we don't get it right, right? And so we, we make law out of everything that Jesus says. And I think that's a mistake. I think that's a misreading of Scripture, actually. Uh, I've been thinking about the new covenant. It's like a real religious word, like this new covenant. Uh, I've been thinking about it because Matthew, I'm studying Matthew, and Matthew quotes it in chapter 2. He quotes the worst part of Jeremiah 31 about Rachel weeping for her children, right? So I'm not going to get into all that. But the, the bigger part of Jeremiah 31 is that I'm going to make a new covenant. We say that if you're part of an Anglican church, we say that every Sunday during Eucharist. This is my blood of the new covenant. I'm going to do a new covenant. It's going to be written on your heart. 
It's going to be on your heart. So it's not going to be a list of things that you know you're supposed to do. It's going to be written on your heart so that they're going to be things that you want to do. Where you're going to go, oh, this makes so much sense. This way of life makes so much sense. I'm going to move in that direction. And it becomes something from the inside out rather than the outside in. And we need both, but, um, but the new covenant written on our heart. What if the words of Jesus, like even in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, anger, uh, you, actually, you actually don't need it. What do you mean I don't need anger? How am I going to get my kids to do anything? What do you mean I don't need anger? How am I going to get my way? And then he says, lust, you don't need it. Well, how am I going to feel alive? You, you don't need it. Words to manipulate people's opinion of you, you, you actually don't need that anymore either. Hating your enemy, you don't need to hate your enemy. It's like, <laughs> what is this kind of life? Is it possible? And what if a group of people were living that kind of life? Could they not change the world or be destroyed? One of the two. If you remain in my words and you sit with them, sit with the words of Jesus as a way of wisdom, as a way of having an interactive relationship with the Creator God, as a way of doing relationships that, that might work. If, if we sit with them in that way and we begin to follow them, we are His disciples. And he is with us. And he is for us. And he's all the way to our transformation into his image, into Christ-likeness. Uh, I'm going to probably unpack love a little bit more uh, later on today. But there's a, there's, a, there's a definition that I've come across, and I just kind of said most of it, that I think is really helpful. If this is the main thing, if it's the main thing, then it's probably good to have an idea of what it is. Here's a definition of love. <coughs> love is a rugged commitment, rugged commitment to be with someone, to be for them, all the way to their transformation. So it's direction. So it's presence, it's advocacy, it's direction. Love is, is all those things. And this is Scott McKnight's definition. The reason he came up with that is he looked at how God loves us. Oh, God is with us. He's with us. He's with us. Beginning and ending of the book of Matthew, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Very end of the book, Jesus says, and lo, I don't know if it's low in, in many translations anymore, but it was in the King James when I was growing up. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's with us. He's with us. And he's for us. He's not against us. He's for us and not against us. The one parable that Jesus described God uh, that captures that is the prodigal son parable. That's his description of who God is as someone who runs after this dirt bag of a son and welcomes him home. He's for us. 
but he's, he's determined to see us become all that we can be and become like him. So I might talk a little bit more about that um, later on today. All right. Are we okay? We're all right? If we remain in his teachings, we will be his disciples and we will be, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. It's direction. It's direction. It's direction. It's not speed. Direction is what will head us towards a life that's worth living forever. Amen. All right. Can I pray? Yeah, all right. <clears throat> and I'm praying for you isolated people too. <laughs> Lord, I ask that we would, that you would give us an imagination for how good and beautiful you are and the life that you invite us into. And I know we have people in the room whose lives are really, really difficult. But I pray for all of us that we would, that we would glimpse the hope that we have in you and that we turn in the right direction. Amen.